0: Welcome to Aquarian Anarchy, everybody. You know the deal. I'm Chad. You see Marcus and Nico. We are thrilled to have our special guest here tonight. Um, I don't want to mess this up, so I'm just going to go ahead and read what I wrote in the description because I don't know how else to introduce this amazing guest that we have tonight. We talk a lot about building alliances and the fight for freedom on this show, but we would be hard pressed to find a more valuable and influential ally than Sonny Johnson. She's a firebrand. She's a teacher. She's a problem solver and she's one of the most fearless and compassionate leaders in the fight for freedom. She is a thundering, gentle giant in the liberty movement who we are honored to welcome to the show. And with that, Sonny Johnson, welcome, and thank you very much for joining us. Oh, shoot. I still got you muted. I'm sorry. Hang on. (laughs) All right. Let's try that again.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. Let me steal it from you. What's up? What's up? What's up? (laughs) If nice
0: to have you. Uh, thanks. It's a it's a beautiful day. Um, happy Cinco de Mayo. It's uh, it's I, this is kind of a cool day for 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 all of us. Like so, for me, a year ago, um, we closed on the house that we live in now. Um, and so I'm not home right now. I'm I'm on the road uh, traveling for work. But uh, I'm excited to get back to uh, to the house that we purchased a year ago today. And then also, this is episode sixty four. The first time I joined Marcus on this show was episode 14. So we have now done 50 episodes together, and uh, Nico, it's not going to be long before your your 50 episodes are are, yeah. are up. Uh, you got a, you're a couple behind yeah. me, but uh, but anyway, it's it's an honor to have you here for this for this episode, and we we can't wait to uh, to get into some of the topics that that we uh, we have laid out for for this. I, I want to start though by just going into. Your like your background for for our audience because we have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, folks who who cross over who where we have we have a lot of the same friends but we do have some some folks who who may not be that familiar with uh, with your history and and how you got here so talk a little bit about that like how how did you become uh, the 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 host of Sonny's Corner on XM
1: one twenty
0: five
1: long long explanation there and it's so funny because. Every time I'm asked this question, I say the same thing. If God had not put me on this path, I would not be here. And mm. that is like, that is the simplistic answer that I can give you because I didn't want any of this. Like if my life, if I would have, if I would have been able to choose the path for myself, I would not be here arguing with Democrats and Republicans. I can promise you that. But <laughs> I did get to a point where I I was like, I can't do this by myself. God take over. And he was like, okay, what are you going to do what I tell you to do? And I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. Yes. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. And I ended up at a tea party. So this is all God led. And a lot of people ask me like, how do you do this? How do you keep doing it? Again, God led. And just realizing that he never said it would be easy. He only said it would be worth it. So hopefully I'm on a path to creating something that is really worth it.
2: For sure. A similar idea with, with my path as well. You know, one of the things that I was told early on in my life was watch what you ask for. You might just get it.
1: <laughs> in exchange, though, in exchange, though, I got my daughter.
3: Because
1: at at 16, I was told that I would never have kids. So when I got into my bargain with God, Mm -hmm. I had already miscarried with my husband once. And I wanted nothing more than to, you know, be a mom, give him Mm -hmm. a kid, you know what I'm saying? And to think that I could not be able to do that. And that's when that whole bargain with God came about where I was like, okay, give me this child. Let me bring her into this world. You know, let her be healthy, let her be happy and whatever you ask of me, that's what I'm going to do. So cost benefit analysis, I I won big time, I, <laughs> I, I, I hit the mother load, the prize, the gold at the end of the rainbow, and I would not do a single thing differently.
2: Nice. Yeah. yeah. That is beautiful. And I, I like that too, because one of the things we talk about is, you know, as much as we fight and we we argue and we do those kinds of things and try to convince people that we're right about stuff, at the end of the day, the most important thing we can do is raise our children, love our families, and protect our communities. And, and we're, at,
1: we're at this point now where people are sacrificing their families for politics. Mm. When the shit hits the fan these people that are liking and retweeting you and telling you to wave (laughs) with them on twitter like they're not going to be the ones you can actually call on they're not going to be the ones you can actually run to i promise you they're not going to be the ones sharing ammo with you so like Mm -hmm. stop playing reconnect with your family understand that should be impenetrable i don't care if y'all disagree with politics i don't care if y'all ideologies are different whatever we have this thing in our family where we will yell and we will scream and piss each other off and then come back next week and do it again and that's how i try to um do sunny's corner of course we're going to argue you don't get where i'm coming from i don't understand your ignorance so we're going to have some disagreements but can we come back and do it again and as long as we're able to do that then we build those kind of relationships that can't be broken with stereotypes and talking points.
3: Have you, uh, yeah.
4: have you ever uh, like convinced or gotten one of your family members to like truly see your point, uh, but they were on the opposite side of the fence entirely?
1: They have seen my points through my actions. So just like a lot of other people, they were judging conservatives by the mold that is presented. So they were expecting to see me morph into that. And as they started to watch and realize that I was me and I wasn't changing, the same person I am with them is the same person you're going to see me be at the White House or on a CPAC stage or wherever I am, I'm going to be sunny. And when they saw that, they were like, okay. And, And I don't have an issue with it. Now, more so, they call me like, this came up what does it mean and they're asking me Mm. about policy they're asking me about um issues they're asking me about specific figures so we're able to have that level of discussion now because they're not calling me to play gotcha they're not you know what i'm saying first they know i'll cuss them out but (laughs) they're not calling me for that anymore we've gotten to a place where it's now oh did you know that they legalized weed in virginia what does that mean so we've gotten to those conversations Mm -hmm. as opposed to oh you're a republican which i'm not but you know you kind Mm -hmm. of every everything gets lumped in there but your actions will speak louder and this is another thing about your family um if you say i'm a conservative and then be like i can't deal with you anymore because you're a crazy Democrat. Like that is not a good representation of conservatism. Mm-hmm. Like you are not mm-hmm. putting a good example for for us. So at least with me, I would be like, you know, I don't deal with nonsense. Okay, so if it is a serious thing, if you need help getting your GED, if you need help filling out a job, app, you know, if you need help figuring out how a house loan application goes, where you need, like, I got you. If you wanna call me with ignorance and bullshit, you'll get cussed out. And it wasn't a shock for them because they know that that's how I am. You know what I'm saying? Even yeah. when, when I'm back home, I'm not wanting to tolerate the small talk and the BS. I'm not the one to hang around people that are not trying to get their life in order and, and get things right. I'll, I don't wanna have anything to do with you in that moment until you're ready to talk about change, until you're ready to do something different. And having that attitude makes people want to come to you because you're not going to give them the pat on the head. You're not going to give them everything is going to be all right. You're going to give them the truth. And for a lot of us, we don't have that one person that will just legitimately tell us the truth, lay it all out and be like, but this is how we can fix it. So, I hope my family looks at me and and sees that as a reflection.
0: Well, I think that the way that you, uh, the way that you approach things, because it's, you are not, um, there are a lot of people who, whether it's Democrat or Republican, or even in, uh, you know, in Marcus's and my circles, in the libertarian movement, where there are people who will defend the indefensible for the flag. And it's like, no, 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 not that flag. My principles first. My principles first.
1: I will (laughs) defend the flag from whatever symbolic nonsense you're trying Mm -hmm. to put on it. Um, It it is, it it is, America has always been a two-pronged fight. Mm. You have the domestic side and the foreign policy side. And we have very brave men and women that go abroad and fight for us so that we don't have to have fights. I can caveat that with us minding our own damn business, but you know what I mean. Um, and then there's the domestic side, mm-hmm. and that is those of us who are here that understand the, the a situation domestically and have positioned ourselves as warriors in this fight. We are just as as necessary as our soldiers that fight abroad. The ones, those of us who understand the ideological war that is going on here, the one that is going to be fought with ideas. In this moment, especially, we are just as instrumental to America's freedom as the soldiers that go abroad and fight. So that flag is wrapped up in us just as much as it's wrapped up in them. And it's wrapped up in our principles just as much as it's wrapped up in them. And it's also wrapped up in our fight as much as as much as it is wrapped up in theirs, and I don't want to get into a fight over the flag. Oh, I no, I, the flag, flag no, I was no, talking no. about
0: was the Republican, the Republican flag, or the Democratic flag, or the Libertarian flag, like the the party but, flag, not more so than I wasn't talking about the uh, the American flag. So, uh,
1: but so. the point the <clears throat> point if you bring all of that into it mm-hmm. is even when you're looking at that side of the fight it's always symbolic when you put that flag in there.
3: Mm-hmm. You
1: know what I'm saying? No, I know what it, you mean. It's not an yeah. actual fight. It's not a policy fight. It's not a um, historical context fight. It's nothing uh, it's nothing more than symbolism. Yeah. So if you can hold that symbolism because it is wakeful, then that's wonderful, but you can't let it be surrendered without fighting the ideas, trying to take it from you. And that means a lot because we can't lose that portion of symbolism that says we are not being patriotic. We are not living up to our constitution. We are not living up to the idea of the Republic or the idea of the individual. That is wrapped up in symbolism in that flag as well. Mm -hmm. So it becomes a, a real crucial fight for those of us who are on the battlefield of ideas to understand that even though other people are using it symbolically, it doesn't mean it's not wrapped up in the symbols that we respect. The idea Mm -hmm. that the the Mm -hmm. constitution of republic, the the idea of the individual, the republic and the constitution. Mm -hmm. So as long as we keep those things in mind, we should have no symbolic fights because we all use it as a different symbol. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that is okay too. So if we can realize that and stop the symbolic fight, then we're going to get a lot uh, closer to having productive conversations.
2: For For sure. sure. And and I want to real quick um, kind of dig into what you were talking about being the warriors here at at home. And one of the the things that, if you follow conspiracy theories and what have you, there was a document, I can't remember the name of it right now off the top of my head, that laid out what the bankers had in in mind um, at the turn of the century. And they absolutely said that they were going to conquer the American people by by, um, by basic, and this was introduced on on the floor of Congress, um, and uh, but they were going to divide us into uh, two parties. One party would basically enslave outside of the country, and the other party would enslave inside the country. And we've absolutely seen that. So what I'm saying is, our enemy, which to be clear, our enemy isn't Democrats or Republicans, our enemy is tyranny. And Our enemies know that this is a two front war and it is a war because we're talking about a territorial monopoly of violence that is trying to overcome the American people. And what I want to offer to you is, you know, many people want to separate. I'm not a conservative. I get called one all the time. I'm not a liberal. I get called one all the time. I'm an anarchist. And, but what I want to offer to you, use us, use anarchists as a way to say, okay, I'm just Marcus asking, wants you to use
0: this us to scare people.
2: Right. <laughs> you know, I, I've talked to anarchists, and I just want to go back to the Constitution. These people want to get rid of government completely. And if you don't listen to me, those people are growing in power.
1: And, and, and actually, that is an argument that I make all the time because... The vacuum it has been created, especially in the mm. black community with the death of the civil rights kind of era, mm. Um, it, it's gone. That is that no longer exists. <clears throat> so now there is a vacuum and it is being filled with anarchists. It is being filled with socialist Marxists, like every group except conservatives and Republicans are pouring in trying to be the ones that fill that vacuum that, feel, um, that fill up that space. And it's going to continue to happen because none of the problems are being solved. So right. if you have even a perspective coming from anarchy is it's, okay, you're gonna protect your shit. You're gonna protect your neighbors shit. You're gonna protect your kids. And if this go down, it's gonna get ugly. And I got a few monsters that I know that would never call themselves anarchists. But if you put them in a position Hmm. where that became the case, you have monsters. Like Hmm. at this moment, they are somewhat restricted by law and being smart enough to understand what happens to them and consequences if they continue Hmm. to break those laws. Remove those laws and you're going to have monsters on your hands. And I'm not even saying that's necessarily a a bad thing because of how far we have pushed, Mm -hmm. but I would much rather get to a place of a renaissance peacefully, as opposed to meeting that face where the monsters are let loose. Um, I think Maz Torre has the best kind of representation of this. He's like, I'm ready for violence I'm very, very ready to be very, very, very valid. You are not. Mm-hmm. So I suggest you do something to change the trajectory it is because you are not prepared to meet what I am capable of. And I, I think I would say that for a lot of America that does not understand the underbelly that actually exists in this country. It is full of monsters. And if you do not give them an ideological choice that lets them choose freedom over basic human nature, Mm-hmm. What you saw over the summer is going to be nothing compared to what our future
3: holds. Mm.
2: I wanna, I wanna True. back up because I do think that you and I have a little bit of a difference when it comes to the the definition of anarchy. I'm not talking about Antifa. I, I you know. No, might, and
1: I'm not. No. I wasn't, and I wasn't specifically talking about mm-hmm. Antifa because I would label them more of radicals. But there are left wing anarchists sure. that are in the black community right now and Mm -hmm. and how you would define that i would leave that up to you to make that (laughs) definition but that's what they call themselves label themselves and push forward as their agenda even though sometimes you will look at it and be like that's more fascist than anarchist so i Mm -hmm. understand understand where you're coming from and understand what you're saying but that's what they're labeling themselves. Right, right. They're carrying your message like these others are trying to carry ours and they're bastardizing it. why they do it. Right,
2: to to us, they're the same as Mitt Romney is to you.
1: Yeah,
3: exactly,
1: (laughs) I'm well aware. So Maybe I should have qualified it a little better because I know how insulted I get when I'm put in that position. So I could have clarified it a little better, but (laughs) I I completely understand uh, why you would be like, hold yeah. up, let me explain. I, I, I got I good. All good. I got <laughs> All, good. I
0: All good. I gotta, uh, I gotta get, I gotta give Salji some love. And and by the way, shout out to our our Libre TV audience. We are live on Libre TV mm-hmm. and uh and also live on on YouTube with the with this show. So welcome everyone from from both of those uh, channels audiences. Salji sent us twenty dollars to say hi, Sonny. Thanks for coming on Aquarian Anarchy. I really appreciate you and all your hard work. I will try to stop scaring you with my black Captain America gif.
3: <laughs> I was
1: getting ready to say, stop with them
3: damn me. We got to say, uh, so,
0: so the other half of the Brown Paper Bag podcast, Corey Frazier, G Fraser, is dying to know what is in your glass because he said, Brown Paper Bag for life. <laughs> So there it is. There it is. I knew that she told us before the show, but I wanted to give her a chance to do the reveal. So there you go, Corey. Um, she, and uh, by the way, Mark Kreslins, who was uh, one of our guests uh, a few awesome. months back, he came on and he said, he said, you are the only uh, show he listens to on Saturday, on, on the weekends. So I just wanted to show you that love. And you're, you're the only reason I have an XM subscription at all <laughs> I, that, and Christmas like, music.
1: That's yeah, about it. I, I I I love y'all for doing that, but I always wonder, like, why would you pay for a prescription to hear a crazy black woman yell at you, like, like masochist? Maybe just no, I'm just joking. So, um,
2: the the answer to that to talk, is I wanted to talk to you about that.
0: Well, go ahead, go ahead, Marcus. I the want, answer to that up.
2: is you speak mm-hmm. the truth. Mm-hmm. What, I don't care what you call yourself. Titles are bullshit, and and at the end of the day, you can call yourself a, a conservative. You can call yourself on the right. You can call yourself whatever you want. But what I've seen over and over and over again is you have a ballsy ballsy way of introducing truth into the narrative, and mm-hmm. that's something that I need to not only listen to but support.
3: Thank bingo, you.
0: bingo, All right. yep. So I, I'll follow up on that with because I, I was uh, I was listening to you this weekend. I tried to call in, but I, apparently I called in too late. I was like I, I was trying to fix a pool filter, and it like blew up on me, and uh, I didn't get to call in until like it was like I don't know, it was almost like one thirty, and uh, you were about to go off. But anyway, um, it, I was listening to so, and I, I've, this happens like routinely. People will call in and they think they have you pegged, or they think they know what they're going to tell you, and they're going to somehow like. Flip a switch on you or something like that. And I just wonder, like, do you feel like you're like the uh the politics version of like Dave Ramsey or something where you're like, you're trying to tell these people to like to to cut their credit card debt and to pay off their house and all this <laughs> stuff? And they keep telling you, no, you don't understand, you don't know what I'm talking what, what it's like. These credit card companies, they're charging me too much. Like, like they, they want to keep talking about the, the Democrats and about all this other stuff, and they don't they don't listen. And if they just listened, they could hear that you're actually providing the blueprint for their way out of, <laughs> out of the problems that they're in. And they don't want to listen to it.
1: It's, it's difficult. Um, but water is wet. That's kind of where I got to the point right. where you realized water is wet, fire is hot, like this is just what Thank it you. is. Yeah. But but what I will say is. I am coming to understand the Republican level of indoctrination,
3: Mm -hmm. right?
1: We, like, even the last couple of years, I kind of knew that they had been fed some bullshit, but I didn't know how entrenched that bullshit had become and it be, it is a part of the identity that they have developed for themselves politically so it's not it, it's no longer just um just every four years it's a, it, like this is literally their identity so they've taken off the white cloak or the male cloak or the woman you know they've taken that mm-hmm. off and their entire cloak now is I don't even know what the name of it is. It's definitely not conservatism. Um, I don't know if you would call it Trumpism. I don't know. Like, I don't know what this amalgamation is called. You know what I'm saying? And they they just all get together in their little bubble and regurgitate the same bullshit to themselves Mm -hmm. over and over again. And then they come out into the world spouting the bullshit and think that they are like the most stupid right? people that ever, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. so I'm trying to follow hotel advice and, you know, the don't argue with people on Twitter <laughs> thing. And it's, it's just really hard because mm-hmm. who doesn't want to smack ignorance? Like who doesn't just want to be like, okay, let me drag you around for, it. and you know, mm-hmm. it, it's just, a matter of for me wanting other conservatives to see this is what happens to you when you say this stupid shit so if you're going to continue to say these things you're going to continue to get dragged i am i don't do the white supremacy thing i don't do the white privilege thing i'm not running around talking about racism 24 7. so if you can't have a mm. A, a just upfront, very honest conversation with me, then it's gonna be saying a lot more about you than yeah. it is about me. But it is also going to say, what the hell are you gonna do if a thousand of us come?
3: Mm-hmm. Cause
1: I promise you, you're gonna get a thousand of me, not a thousand of Candace Owens. So what the hell are you gonna do when a thousand of us are here? If you can't handle little old me. Mm-hmm. So even in that, Representation of what you're putting out, you're already predicting failure. You're already predicting you're going to lose because you have already exposed who and what you are. And regardless of how ignorant you think we are, we see you clearly. And that's not something that you can hide behind or put a black face in front of and think mm-hmm. that, you know, we're not going to see it.
2: Yeah, I, I think that one of the things that I want to put up here is Mark Kreslins, who, I, again, was uh, um, one of our alumni from Macquarie and Anarchy, as was Donnie Smith, who's also, it, there are several people in the chat that are, that have been, <laughs> been, on, the show, been on the show, to be show, honest, yeah. but um, he, uh, but Mark worked for the GOP, and he faced some of the nonsense that you talk about, and um and, and I have to, you know, again, I'm coming from a perspective where I have screw all those parties, including the Libertarian Party. I don't want anything to do with any of them, um, because I don't think that that's going to free us. I think that and we'll get into your solutions here in a moment. But um, I, I'm afraid because I, I do see you as a, a massive voice for freedom, Um I see the Republican Party. They do try to reach out to you, and that's great. But they also seem to be using you. And do they
0: don't you try th- to reach mm-hmm. out
1: to me. Do they, they don't know. They, no, they
0: don't know. No, no, they, they don't reach they, out. To they me. try like hell to not reach out to. Her. They try.
1: Yeah. They um. They, they 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 don't they don't they do not try to reach out to me. I have been blacklisted. Very aware of it. I burned. I purposely burned bridges, so I'm not gonna cry about it. Um but yeah I have been so like again when you're walking with God they can try but mm-hmm. as you've been seeing they tried to shut me the fuck up and bam I showed up you know what I'm saying at the White House they tried mm-hmm. to shut me up and bam I showed up at CPAC they tried to shut me up bam I'm back on Fox so it isn't working anymore mm-hmm. their ability to shut down debate and conversation, it isn't working anymore. And there are a lot of white conservatives and Republicans who are ready for this nonsense to be over. Mm. They are ready for something different. And so that's where you're seeing people understand now that they have a choice. And for, like I said, about understanding the Republican indoctrination, that indoctrination was put into place because there wasn't choices. They were only presented one option of what it looks like to be a black Republican. And basically, basically you know, it. you you know the model of it <laughs> and you had to be, but is like to even say as her, it is it it, it it takes away from the overall severity of what mm-hmm. they do, because it's yeah. not. Before her, it was Stacey Dash. And before, mm-hmm. you know, I could keep going. Like, it is mm-hmm. not about a specific person. Right. It is about the prototype. It is about the model. It is about what they deem <clears throat> right. to be acceptable and what is unacceptable. And, and that is more important than any one particular person, you know? And so... I think that they're coming to the point where they're they everything it, it rotates. Everything just plays in a cycle. And we've been able to kind of stop their cycles. So every time their cycle starts, we're like, oh, hell no. So you see a large contingent of us now. It's not me alone anymore, where mm-hmm. it used to be me alone, okay? So like having you guys and having the whole text and having the conscious concern, like having all of us, um it's making it impossible for them to pretend that we do not exist and at the same time we are having conversations that black americans are looking at like wait a minute i could deal with that Mm -hmm. like if that's Mm -hmm. what was being offered that would be something that i would be able to tolerate I i could check on that so not only am i building a white conservative audience I'm also drawing Blacks to actually listen to what I'm saying. I'm not trying to convince them to vote for Republicans because I don't like Republicans. But I am trying to tell them that when we chose conservatism as our answer, when we chose capitalism as our answer, we did not choose wrong. Now it is about making sure we get our answer put into policy and make sure that we are able to use that policy to protect our answer, which means to protect our capitalism, to protect our freedom, to protect our growth, to protect our entrepreneurship. We are using those things as a defense against what we build. And I think that that's what the people who built Black Wall Street, that's what they neglected to do. They never got the political power in place Mm to actually Mm. protect what they built. And that's why I think, yes, go out and build, go out and grow, go out and acquire. You do all those things. I want to make sure you have a government that is not going to come in and try to take Mm -hmm. it all away once you do. Mm -hmm. So you have to have some kind of policy in place that protects the wealth that you are building or it never becomes generational legacy wealth.
2: Sure, and it's it, one of the things that that I think you change particularly. But uh, you know, Hotep Jesus, the Hotep movement, and, and several other people do as well. One of the things that has happened in the past with the Republican Party is when you had a black voice, they were black in skin only. You know, they, they were every other way, they were white, and no, they had white culture. I don't, I
1: don't, I don't like saying that because it's not mm-hmm. true all of us don't grow up the same way so some black people just don't have a hood upbringing they don't have a Mm -hmm. connection to black america that section of black america because there's also middle class black americans you know what i'm saying and there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with the military brats that think Mm. differently there's like there's nothing wrong with that Mm -hmm. but my problem is what the hell is wrong with us hoods Mm-hmm. What is wrong with us that came from the hood and got ourselves out? Why are mm-hmm. we the ones that become the problem when we can willingly accept everybody else? And you can see this when they did the whole um, Carlton Will thing. Yeah, Carlton Will. Like, yeah. like, like you're pitting us against mm-hmm. each other. You mm-hmm. no, Carlton and Will love each other. I love my Carlton. My Carlton is, is Jeff. I love my Carlton. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a matter of saying. Yeah, they took that, it like it was an insult or something. split us up. Yeah. One of us is good one of us is not. Right. The problem right. is the prototype is accepted
3: mm-hmm. and we are not. Right. And
1: we can't bring the debate to the prototype because you think you won't protect it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's where the problem comes in. Mm-hmm. So it would be the equivalent of saying that yeah, Uncle Phil had Carlton, but when they asked, could Will come? He said, no, I can't hide that in my house. That's what Republicans do to us. Mm -hmm. So it's not a matter of pitting Will and and Carlton against Mm -hmm. each other. It's a matter of Uncle Phil saying, come in. We welcome you, you. you're a part of our family now. Everything that we give to Carlton, we're gonna now give to you. And I'm gonna kick your ass when necessary. I'm gonna build you up when necessary. I'm gonna give to you the same that I give Carlton. That's the situation as opposed to the pitting us against each other. So I have no problem with the people that don't have a connection to the black community and openly admit they don't have a they don't have Mm -hmm. a connection to the black community my problem comes with the people who don't have a connection to the black community but think they harriet tubman that's when i start to have a problem mm-hmm. so like all, all all my articulate you know <laughs> middle class upper middle class black people you cool with me i ain't got right. no problem with right. you right but and if I- you think that you are the prototype and that somehow makes you superior to people like me then i gotta bring you down a peck or two and let you understand
2: Right. I wasn't actually talking about like the, the class kind of stuff. It was people that like, for instance, there are um, the the uh, over-incarceration of black people in this country. The, there were conservatives and black conservatives that did not touch that, wouldn't touch it with a tenfold pole. But yet you will. You will challenge when the police overstep their bounds. The, you will challenge when thing, things like that happen. And the Republican Party in the past wouldn't allow it, wouldn't let those voices be heard in the black community. And these because are the, it, the it issues break, that black people care about. <laughs> right. It
1: would break their indoctrination. Like mm-hmm. they they spent decades building the indoctrination wall. Right. So if you let an outside species in beyond the wall, you're going to fuck up everything you built. And that's what their problem is. So when I, like, when I first started, you know, I was kind of the same way. Well, I wasn't the same way. I was, I, cause I, I wanted to, I was a conservative before I even started. So when I started my blog, I was talking about hip hop and how we could take the lessons from that and learn to apply it to our community to make our communities better overall. So it wasn't about politics. It wasn't Democrat or Republican or any of that, but When Republicans start talking to you, they make you believe that it's a meritocracy. You know, so they make you believe if you have the best idea, your idea is going to win. If you have the best argument, your argument, like they make you believe that it is actually built on merit and it is not built on merit. It is built on who your friends are, who your donor list contains and how well you tap dance for them. Mm. And I learned very, very, very quickly. I don't tap dance very well for don'ts. Like (laughs) it it is not something that I haven't, I haven't acquired a skill to do because Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna tell you what you wanna hear. I'm gonna tell you what you need to hear. And that usually doesn't inspire people to be like, hey, let me write the check. That'd be like, that's one uppity, you know, fine with me. That's what you're gonna have to think about me because you're gonna get this work one way or another. And I don't give a damn about your check when the end of the day comes. And um, it's, I sleep at night.
3: You know what I'm saying?
1: I sleep at night and I can look at my husband, I can look at my daughter and I can know I am doing right by them you know and to me that's that's it you know and and that's that's what i'm gonna ride for what's up nico you quiet down Uh,
4: i was actually waiting but you know marcus is louder than me and i like to i like to like like, sit back you gotta Uh,
1: jump in and take it baby
4: I'm not going to lie to you. This is no disrespect, but like, I was always told to like, never cut in towards elders and like when people are speaking and things of that nature, oh, but like, yeah, no, so no, I have to break the habit. Please. I have to
3: break the habit. Do no. not no. Don't ever
1: <laughs> apologize for that. Do not ever, ever, ever apologize for that. Um Our elders need to be respected. I don't want to be referred to as your elder i could come to the screen and
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. apologize he prefaced it with an apology first right but, <laughs>
1: but um yeah just just finding someone that actually puts forth elders in a in a, in a space of respect that, oh, that's
0: to.
4: good it's, kudos it's, babe kudos it's, it's family values my family's haitian so it's like if you don't respect the elders, you're going to get decapitated or your tongue's going to get chopped off one <laughs> of them
1: <laughs> when oh, when, when, we that. Kid, when we were kids when we were kids if we saw one of our elders, cause you know, we lived in the project. If we saw one of our elders getting uh, groceries or something out of the car and we did not run to help them, not walk to help them, but run to help them. Then we would get our ass beat outside in front of everybody. So I completely understand uh, uh, that that methodology uh, yeah. of raising your kids. you raising your kids, um,
4: but no, um, I was in the middle of watching uh, your podcast with Hotep and uh, Hotep uh, Jesus, and uh, you were uh, you were going back and uh, over your um, your whole, I guess, discography of work and you came up across uh, your four pillars and i would like to actually ask you to elaborate on them
1: okay so my four pillars are faith community culture and history i these are like the four pillars of any group of people you know so i'm kind of i guess you would put it in a tribal kind of sense that's kind of what makes the tribe. You kind of have these four things that kind of connect you together. And if you manipulate, break, destroy these four pillars, you can change the identity of an entire group of people. So to me, faith is personal. So faith isn't not to be, um, Shamed away from. I'm very up forward, very forward about my faith, but it's not to be used as a political argument in my, by mm-hmm. my definition. Mm-hmm. It is meant for you personally, right? So you're gonna pay, you're gonna pray for wisdom and discernment. Then you are gonna go and fight. You're not gonna be like, well, God's, you know, no. Mm-hmm. You pray for the wisdom and discernment to make the proper arguments when you get in this debate. Now, make the proper damn arguments and realize mm-hmm. that God is God got your back. He's going to take your tongue. He's going to make sure everything is cool. And for me, like, I forget most of the shit that I say, and I can watch a video after. And to me, that's just telling me God had my tongue because I don't regret anything I said. I don't want to change anything I said. I just don't remember when I said it.
3: And so at
1: that moment, I just feel like, okay, this was the moment God said, I told you to do this. So every time you step out, I'm going to put my hands on you and I'm going to take your tongue. To me, that is faith, you know? And so people have to individually walk in that faith and too many people don't, they just spout the Bible verses. And that's why it looks like Christianity is hypocrisy at this, Mm -hmm. this present moment, because people are not praying for the wisdom and discernment. They're just like, God, come and strike my political enemies. Like that is a,
3: you know, like that's a plausible
1: prayer. You know, Um, the second is your community. So after you take care of your personal, after you make sure your house is taken care of, and that kind of falls under faith for me, you make sure your house is taken care of, your marriage is taken care of, your parentals are taken care of, then you go out into your community. That's the people around you, your extended family, you know, kind of that area. And you figure out what you can do to help make that kind of better. And then it's the culture. It's the things that make you laugh, the things that make you smile, the things that break you together, you know, when you break bread with your people. Mm -hmm. And that gives you the ability to look beyond faults and actually see good in people that you might not otherwise see. Mm -hmm. And then the historical context wraps it all up and brings it all together because it gives you a retrospect that what you're going through, you're not the first to go through it. And here are the mistakes that these people made. Here's what they did wrong. Here's what they missed. Now you can try it again, but you can fill in these gaps. And I think when you have all those things together, coherently. You have an ideology that's kind of steadfast and unbreakable because Mm -hmm. it's not based in politics. It's based in every aspect of a person's life. So it's not a political ideology that is leading you. It is a life ideology that is leading you. And that is a lot harder to defend, but it is also more worthy of a more extravagant fight. You know what I'm saying? You're going to put more into it because you know what you are protecting and you know it means something. It stands for something. It has significance for you and your family going forward. So you will fight for it. And I think Uh what we have now is a lot of people that want other people to fight for them
3: instead Mm -hmm. of figuring
1: out how to pick up their own damn sword and shield and fight for themselves. So when you have your pillars in check, you fight for yourself. And what do they say in the army? It's not that we're fighting the people across from (laughs) us, is we're fighting to defend the people behind us. That's the kind of mentality you start to present yourself with. And Mm -hmm. I think if more of us had that leading forward, we'd be in a much better place as opposed to going back and pointing fingers to see who we can blame.
2: Love it. Uh, Those are very similar to the ideas that we propose to. And one of the things that I would add to that is when you have that sure foundation that you're talking about, you guard against the attacks that are certainly coming. Marxists, absolutely go after those four pillars that you just talked about almost by name. They, uh, one of the things that statists in general, but Marxists particularly like to do is they go after faith. They want to remove the faith from people. They want people to be, and, and there's some argument about Marx himself, but I'm talking about, you know, communism and socialism in practice. Those-
1: they, they have not tried to get rid of it. They merged with it.
3: So Infiltration.
1: you have black liberation theology where they actually take Marxism and mix it with the tenets of the Bible. So that's where you could get Jesse Jackson coming up and saying. If you're a good Christian, you want food stamps. Like God right. never told you to go tell government to give people food stamps. Right. God told you to feed the poor
3: mm-hmm. right.
1: and you don't want to feed the poor. You want to go and make government feed the poor so you don't have to do it. That's sure. not Christianity.
3: Nope. You know mm-hmm. what
1: I'm saying? That is li- black liberation theology or, you know, whatever other. Th- uh identity they put that in it still boils down kind of to the same concept that the personal sacrifice that is required from you by jesus christ somehow can be manifested through through government and that that's just the bastardization of christianity
2: Absolutely. Mm But my, my point actually was, it gives us an opportunity recognizing because I think both offensively and defensively, offensively, those, those pillars that you talked about are are absolutely what Rothbard would have called ethics and practice. They are, they are moving us forward, but, um, but they're also defensive because if you know your enemy, you know, um, Sun Tzu said that if you know yourself, um, then you, I'm gonna mess up the quote. So basically, he said, "If you know yourself and you know your enemy, you can never lose a battle."
1: And that's the idea. No, if you to know either
0: you're you. guaranteed to lose. Yeah,
3: for yeah. sure. But,
1: that, but that's this is why people are like, I'm, I'm predictive. Or mm-hmm. I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm prophetic. No, I'm not. I pay a damn attention. Like <laughs> I learn I learn from history. I actually watch what's happening. Mm-hmm. I I listen to Black people, so I'm not surprised when shit happens. You know, right. and 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 it's just it it is really amazing to see the lack of information that is provided to the right that the right accepts. Like if I knew that there were so many gaps and my reasoning i would not be able to live with myself like and i literally got to this point one time when i was doing um i did this thing where i did black history month without white people because i was tired of democrats like every time you would talk about something black history related they wanted to tell you the white person that tried to fuck it up so i was like I don't want to talk about white people, okay? Let's just mm-hmm. talk about black people and talk about their success, what we were able to build. So I did a month of this during Black History Month. And by the end of the month, I was like, what the hell happened to us? Like mm-hmm. we we had it. We were we were doing it. We were building, we were growing. Like what the hell happened? When I hit that moment, I pulled back on everything. Mm. So like, and then I'm talking, I'm traveling, I'm speaking. I stopped everything because I knew there was something that I was missing and I could not go forward until I figured out what the fuck that was, because Mm. anything I said after that point, I knew would be false because I knew I didn't know. So it became imperative for me to find out and the lack of curiosity from the right, is one of the most astounding things that i have ever seen because if i constantly got my ass kicked i know i would be looking for the way to stop getting my ass kicked but for some reason no matter how many times they get their ass kicked they continue to do the same thing thinking that next time it's gonna magically turn out turn out different Mm. so just that overall lack of curiosity that leads them to insanity that is one of the most striking things about the right. For
2: Mm -hmm. sure. And and that actually brings in um, something that I know both Chad and I wanted to talk to you about. And that is one of the things that I think you offer is difference. And that difference is your idea and your focus on local communities. Can you elaborate on that?
1: That's the Republic. Um, If I'm being honest, I picked, the idea of the individual, I picked the republic and I picked the, uh, the Constitution because they're all conservative words. I mean them, but I, I could label it differently by what I mean mm-hmm. by each one. Right. But they're all conservative terminology. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's
0: like you got the passwords to the to the speakeasy.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and so if I'm telling you, we are talking about the idea of the republic right? Mm -hmm. And this kind of goes to the issue of systemic racism, right?
3: What Mm -hmm. the hell
1: kind of system do we have? We have a republic. Well, what does that mean? That means that the local government closest to you has the most power over you. Okay. So if we have that system, that is our system and black people are telling you that that system is systemically racist, who the hell is implementing the racism?
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure
1: who, who is implementing Like they are literally giving you the answer right. to the fucking test and you will get the answer to the test. turn around and say it doesn't exist. It's not real. It's a mess. Like they're fucking telling you who they have a problem with. right. But because Rep- Republicans respond the way they do, the people who actually created the problem can be like, "Oh, yeah, they did it." Mm-hmm. They they don't mm-hmm. want to admit that it's real because they did it. So it allows them to transfer the actual yeah. destructive policies that have destroyed these areas. And well, if you're not
0: there it, to defend yourself, you know, and like, it makes
1: what? it damn near impossible <laughs> for us to tell people mm-hmm. about these policies. Because as soon as we start speaking, some dumbass Republican stands up and says, "Slaves love their owners." Like, what? The, mm. What the hell are you talking about? Like, mm.
3: it is very, <laughs>
1: very hard My God. to get to that kind of a discussion when mm. you constantly have to deal with stuff like Rick Santorum saying, "Well, we came here and built everything." Really, really, you did. Yeah, is that right. Really, really? happened? <laughs> You just are
0: ignore the whole history. You whole are making
1: of history. it so difficult for us to have honest conversations mm-hmm. because you refuse to let go of the bullshit. You know, you just mm-hmm. refuse to let it go. You make everything ten times more difficult than it has to be. And that is so Freaking frustrated. I'm cussing
0: a lot. I don't know if that's it's okay. Home. No, it's okay. It's all right. We cuss it's way okay. more than that. We talk about way okay, more. So don't Girl,
3: just worry make about it. The <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll
0: make you feel hey. right at home. We fucking talk like that all the time, Sonny. So don't worry about it. Sonny, no. question.
3: Yeah, I feel uh, comfortable. Go ahead, Nico. It's
0: when you good. said that, uh, and
4: I actually want to recap on two questions. The first one was uh, we were talking about symbols and symbols of the flag. Um, how can we? basically eradicate the idea of we needing a symbol and just understanding the values behind it. And to
1: human uh, nature uh, you'll never get you'll never get rid of symbolism. No. I'm sorry, go ahead.
4: Uh and then um oh please don't tell me I forgot. Uh to <laughs> being um oh yeah nah I forgot. I,
1: I did it. I talked too much. i are
0: good No, you so Nico will remember it he'll remember it again somewhere he'll find it somewhere. Find yeah. Just raise your hand if you think of it, Nico, and we'll uh, we'll yeah, I'll, we'll I'll, I'll, I'll give you. All shit. We'll, no,
1: don't we'll, don't we'll, let, let him off. We go we go build that shit up today. You gonna cut <laughs> okay. it
0: in? Yeah, you gotta
1: just oh, you jump in. Cut in, Nico. Cut in,
0: yeah. You gonna cut in,
1: Nico? We in. go we go I build that
0: Top shit in. up
3: today. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. I got you.
0: Uh, look, I would love if Nico if Nico started started like just pushing in. his weight around a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure
4: with
1: it I'm a bad influence nico don't listen no nah, I, I I'll
4: take it you, you remind me of like a, a black mama oh number 2 yeah I remember it now <laughs> um hey. so with you um saying that god you like had a bargain with god how did that necessarily go? I want to actually kind of take this to like the spiritual, because this is where I can really talk. Uh, I don't know shit about, I know stuff about uh, politics, but that's those two. Like I'm I'm just here for like the overall conversation and understanding. But um, when you say you had a bargain, like how did that necessarily go? You said you asked, but like, could you elaborate a little bit more?
1: Okay. So do not do the sad story thing on me after I say this. Okay. Um, no so um the day i found out i was pregnant my husband had brought me a pregnancy test i waited till he so i knew he was on his way home and i took the test and i was supposed to wait for him to come home so we could look at it together but i couldn't so i i rushed and i see and i go to see it so i'm like oh god i know i know i'm like really excited about it so I left the test in the bathroom and I went to the living room and my husband came in and you know he has his routine he goes and takes you know takes his clothes off and goes to the bathroom so I was like he's gonna see it as soon as he goes in so he goes to do his routine as he walks past me my phone rings and I got a call that said my mother had had a brain aneurysm and she was in the hospital. Wow. And I needed to get down there quickly to see her. So my husband comes out of the bathroom. Mind you, I'm not supposed to be able to get pregnant. So it's a big deal that I'm even mm-hmm. you know, pregnant in the first place. Um, he comes out of the bathroom and he's super excited um, about us having the opportunity to have a child. And um, I have to look at him and say you know my mom just had a brain aneurysm we need we need to go you know so it kind of it it sucked that it stole that moment from Mm -hmm. us and um we got in the car we went down we saw my mom um she you know tubes everywhere she couldn't talk um and I was like "I, I I'm pregnant you know you gotta you gotta get better you gotta be okay I'm going to have a baby and you got to be here. Like, you know what I'm saying? So she um, she was able to raise her hand and put her hand on my stomach so I knew she understood mm. what I was telling her. And I kind of broke down at that moment. So my family was like, go home, go home, go home. You can't stay here. And I was like, what the hell you mean I can't stay here? And they were so concerned about me and the baby that they were like, this is too stressful. If you stay here, something's gonna happen. So you need to go home. Your mom will want you to go home. All of us want you to go home. So I went home and my mom passed.
3: Mm-hmm. So
1: that's where the bargaining came.
3: You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying?
1: Like that. that's mm-hmm. where, that's, that's that moment where you're like, oh no, 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 no. You can't take this baby away from me. You cannot take my mom, my angel, my everything and then take this baby away from me. Like it cannot happen that way. And um, thank God I had my husband. And thank God he—he's just—he was just my rock. And he just was there with me through it. And I wasn't able to properly mourn my mother until I had my daughter. Because it was like, okay, now I had her. She's here. She's healthy. She's got ten fingers, ten toes. Woohoo! my mom's never gonna meet her you know my mom's never gonna see her yeah and like that was like that sucked the life out of me and i told myself i said i'm never going to try to give my daughter so much that i forget to give her what my mother gave me Mm -hmm. and that's when everything started because i was like i'm not strong like my mom i'm not you know a lot of things about myself i thought just weren't my mom's caliber and I had to get myself to that caliber and Mm. I was like I can't do that by myself God help me and Mm. that was the bargain you know that and please don't let me kill this baby because I was like (laughs) I kill houseplants so I was (laughs) petrified that that my daughter was not going to make it and I'm not even lying to you I was (laughs) petrified so um just let, 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 let the baby be okay. And you know what I'm saying? And, and let me be the mom you would have me to be for this gift that you put on this earth. So you're going to desire something great from her. So let me be the one that can help make her great. And from mm. that, everything just started to grow and to blossom and to change.
2: Wow. That's a fantastic story and to be able to weather that is amazing um, so uh, you know what <laughs> there's a lot in in what you said that just shows the the the, the power of god moving through you is just beyond words. And, and and I've seen some of that, not to the the extent that, that I think you have, um, but I've, I've seen some of that in my life. I had a an experience uh, several years ago and I basically laid it in front of God and said, you know, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. What do I do? And the next thing I know, a libertarian presidential candidate sitting in my living room saying, I need somebody to be a press secretary. And I said, okay, I'm going to have to do that. And he said, well, I want you to do that. And next you thing know you know. know how to do it now. <laughs> right now I know how to do it. And that's so, so if you funny. ever run for
0: president, Sonny, Marcus I has like 700,000 lists of people you haven't know, in contacted. In I found my
1: Republicans, like if I don't get out of here, I'm going to get arrested. Like, so that, that, that was, a, it was a difference. It was a difference. No, seriously. I was like, I told my husband, I said, I swear to God, if I have to, if, if one more of them, you know, and I, I the question was the funniest question. Cause I, I, I asked them, I said, um, we talk a lot about criminal justice reform and this was here at the, uh, Virginia GOP. And this was before, um, GOP governor before Northam, uh, re- uh, returned felon's right to vote. So I was with a group of, of Republicans in Virginia, mostly black Republicans, uh, pastors. Um, and every conversation was about criminal justice reform, every convers, every fucking conversation. So I can uh, when I I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't take it anymore. I, I stood up and I was like, I am not a fucking criminal. Like, I don't have a fucking record. Like, right. what do you have for me? Is there any conversation here for me? I get it. I Like, I don't, like, what the hell is wrong with you? And then I was like, on top of that, the felons can't vote. Mm. So are you planning to restore the felons' right to vote? If you are not planning to restore the felons' right to vote, then why the hell are you passing policies for them? Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense for me because you're not going to get their vote. So what the hell are you doing?
0: Yeah, from a strategic standpoint, it's literally
1: that's where I was. And I was like, you I mean, okay, so y'all know me. Y'all know I was that loud. I was cussing. And I was really at that point where I was like, (laughs) yo, get me out of here before they catch me on camera saying and acting in a way that i do not want as a representation of myself and i had to literally like my husband was like can we just wait to like the break and we can like sneak out i was like no get me the fuck out of here now and so he's like okay okay you know what let's go and he like he grabs me he's like let's get out and he's like pushing me out the door and i'm like thank you you know what i'm saying because Like it it is so aggravating to see people who have no real understanding for the problem become the stewards of the solution. And it is one of the most frustrating things you can imagine, especially when you can easily see how little forethought they have put in to what they're offering up as a solution. It it is utterly ridiculous.
2: I got to interject. That's what government does every time. It is always the people who have no fucking clue what the hell they're doing that we put in charge of telling people what the fuck to do. It is mm-hmm.
1: the people dumbest they system. They can't get a job somewhere else, so they go into government. And, right. um, what do they their, call their, them, Marcus? Their job becomes <laughs> no finessing. Their job becomes finessing the public yes. and a lot of Mine. people are good at the finesse. And I I, I always like to compare this to uh, P Diddy. So Puppy can't rap, can't sing, you know, can't do anything, but he's one of the most iconic names in music, history. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's what they do. Mm-hmm. It's a skill to have finesse. Mm-hmm. And I would guess that it would kind of be a detriment to Sonny because I'm like, fuck it. I like my rough edges, fuck your finesse. Mine. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. It, the finesse will get you farther than the rough edges, but I, I would just rather scratch people than play around them. Well, because the
0: finesse recognizes the finesse, and yeah. so it kind of it kind of gathers together, right? That's what you and, saw allows, in the whole- It
1: allows mm. both of them to continue their lives un, right. uh, unimpeded, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, it, 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 they they look out for each other in that regard because they just make sure that the circle continues. So
0: you
4: they all so, bed with each other?
1: Space, mm-hmm. Lie and man together,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, lie yeah, and yeah. lie. But See, hang, hang on, Marcus. I wanted go. to. Uh, so, so I what to to piggyback with what what Marcus was asking about the the local level and stuff. I, I actually kind of wanted to go like sort of specifically through from from our perspectives because you have a you have a, a greater deal of experience. I think with with um, maybe some specifics of, of of a plan of attack. Um, Nico's in Chicago, South side of Chicago. Uh, Marcus is in Indianapolis and I'm in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I, I just kind of wanted to go through and like, and off, either offer like each of us an opportunity to kind of ask, uh, ask you what, what you think a, the, the best approach would be. Cause we're, you know, I'm doing something I, I'm like, I'm, I'm coaching and I'm, I'm doing stuff in, you know, with like school, my kid's school and things like that. But it's, Beyond that, you go you go outside a certain um, comfort zone, I guess, and it's sometimes it's a challenge of like, okay, so how do I actually go through the process, and and what's the best most of, what's the best bang for my my time because I travel a lot and everything. So, but I wanted to start with uh, with Nico and then and then kind of work our way from there to to pick your brain on on that on attacking it at the local level.
4: Come on, Nico. Nico. Oh, I'm so sorry. I blanked out. You're
0: in Chicago. What what you know, just kind of like Hello,
4: what, Laura, you, what, Nico. What, what, what you- no,
0: it's not that
4: at all. I'm so entertained. <laughs> I'm like entertained with you guys that I just <laughs> want to shut up and be like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm in the show. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah.
4: Um, <laughs> uh so like I mean, what other questions could there be besides like stopping the gun violence, the crappy policemen, um, all the stupid ass regulations that they have with my people out here. Um, One of the biggest things I would say is like for uh, concealing carry, because in Chicago, like guns are rampant. And I think if more people had better um, instruction with guns and basically knowing how to carry them around, uh, what's the best plan of attack? Because they hate guns over here.
3: I
1: would literally say the best road of attack is to start teaching gun safety at a young age. Um, people think I'm crazy, and like they 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 will literally be like, "You're just gonna ch- um, train them to be better killers," and that's them operating off the idea that monkeys can't have guns, and the black people in Chicago are, in fact, monkeys that can't have mm-hmm. guns. No, it is about understanding that it is also, that is not only a right to bear arms, it is also a responsibility. Right. So when I was younger, my dad was a very, very avid hunter. And so we had guns everywhere in the house. So I, I I don't remember exactly what age I was. I was about six or seven or eight, somewhere in that range. And they had went hunting and shot a deer and they brought the deer back And they had, you know, the deer uh, strapped up and the head removed and they was getting ready to skin it. And my father brought me over and he says, this is what a gun does. It's permanent.
3: Mm -hmm. It's
1: no coming back. It's no do-over. So if you are put into a circumstance or a situation where that has to be the outcome, that is what the gun is for. But understand that once you do it, it's done. Like you don't get a second chance at it, and it it gave me a real perspective—not to be afraid of guns, but to understand that the power of what uh, of the power of a weapon and what it actually achieved as an end goal. So after that, we got BB guns. Every, You know, that's what we did. I grew up uh, halfway between the country and halfway between the ghetto, meaning I spent most of the time, uh, half the time with my mom in the ghetto and half the time with my father in the country and you got these lessons and the kids need to learn these lessons and progressives have have made it so it's so dirty and it's so naughty that nobody wants to touch it or approach it and actually explain responsibility so these kids end up learning from their 16 17 year old cousins you point and you shoot mm. they don't learn responsibility they don't learn what it means to have it as a right, and while that right should be valued and respected, it damn sure isn't taught in schools where you can't draw one, you can't make a, a, a finger puppet of one, or right. you're automatically suspended. So, where the hell are these kids getting the lessons from? You know, and that is what is going to stop this cycle of violence, especially with the younger ones of of how they look at guns. We can always we can already see that they have tried to scare them out of it. They have tried to say no nerf guns, no water guns. You've tried the fear tactics. Mm-hmm. That shit hasn't worked. So how about we go to good old fashioned American principles and actually teach and actually <laughs> actually give a responsibility, personal responsibility to worst the gun violence. Now, what I will say overall is, we always talk about situations like Chicago, like this shit happened two years ago, or three mm-hmm. years ago, or 10 yeah, years fair. ago, or 20 years ago, or 30 years, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is some 80 year shit, 90 year shit. What the hell are you talking about? And mm-hmm. it, it's like, we're supposed to truncate 80 years of you fucking us Mm -hmm. into one single solution. Like, no, don't play with me like that. I understand Mm -hmm. what you're trying to pigeonhole me into, and I'm not going to play with it. But if you want to break it down into three details, I would say you attack regulation, taxation, and legislation. So if you think about uh, the taxation, the taxation first and foremost goes after what the rich. Well, that means the rich lead. You know what i'm saying so you leave the base shrinking as a tax base for people to be actually be able to invest back in the community and make it better so now mm-hmm. you open up government to be the solution whereas if you had just left people with their own fucking money they could have been the solution but mm-hmm. now you run them out and you want government to come in and you want us to beg government to be what we could have been to ourselves so right. we, you have to start to look at how they're using taxation to influence the population. Those that have no choice to move out and those who have the wealth to move out and do so, because money is going to go where it is respected. Right. Um, then you look at regulation. After they tax the rich, they can't outright tax the poor because, you know, that would be bad messaging. So what they do is they regulate. They put fees and fines and all kind of hoops that you have to jump through, whether it be to get your license or whether it be to own a business or what, you know what I'm saying? They make Mm -hmm. it as costly as possible, even to own a gun for you to be able to, um, to operate within society because Mm -hmm. you're constantly running to government. You're constantly have to pay government. And it's not in the sense that you're paying a tax. Mm -hmm. No, they're regulating the wealth sure. out of you and then when they can't tax <laughs> and they can't regulate then they legislate and they criminalize mm-hmm. everything so one of the worst things they did was they criminalized choosing capitalism they criminalized choosing capitalism because they mm-hmm. had put marxism in our community for decades and we rejected that shit Your food stamps are never going to be enough for us. Your public housing is never going to be enough for us. You think you're giving us the basics to survive at our estimation. It is never going to be enough for us. We will hustle before we accept the shit you are trying to handle to us Mm -hmm. because of that. And because of their restriction through taxation and regulation to actual growth opportunities, productively, we went after destructive capitalism. Mm. We went to the black market options, not because we're bad people and we want to be criminals. Is because every option towards good productive cop- capitalism had a progressive boot on it, making it 10 mm-hmm. times harder to get to it. It's much easier to go and buy a sack and to flip it than to actually start a legitimate business because of regulation. Mm-hmm. So you started to you started to punish and criminalize the fact that we said, we don't want your fucking Marxism, we don't want your handout, we'll go and hustle for it ourselves and they criminalized it for and they mm-hmm. criminalized us for that. Yeah. So you have to understand how those elements work together to crush a society, to crush a community. And that's what you're seeing in places like Chicago. You they used to have jump out squads for like 20, 30 years in Chicago where they would literally just jump out, beat the hell out of people not because they were guilty of anything, but because they could. Mm. And nobody was going to punish them for it. So you have this population that lived from Fred Hampton to dropout, um, out squads. And you're looking at them saying, why don't you trust the police? What <laughs> the fucking, what, what <laughs> right.
3: historical
1: context tells you that I should?
3: Right.
2: Sunny, Ex- I,
1: explain that to me.
2: I, Sunny, I got to say. You may call yourself a conservative, but my God, I'm like wanting to grab a black flag
3: and be like, yes, this is one <laughs> of ours. <laughs>
0: you know? I'm like,
1: You have this history of progressivism yeah. and it using the throngs and power of government. To create to crush a society under mm. death, poverty, and destruction,
3: sure.
1: And I'm not gonna go, and this is why I like I, I fight like Frederick Douglass. And anyone who studied Frederick Douglass and studied his speeches know Frederick Douglass never went to Democrats and said, Hey, will you let go of your slaves? Like, he never went to Democrats and was like, Hey, you know. Maybe you're not doing the right thing with the Constitution by this slavery. Like, he never fucking did that. All of his fight was with Republicans saying, hey, you say you're different, but you kind of think the same fucking way as them. What's up? Mm -hmm. Like, all Mm -hmm. his fight. Was for Republicans and the way that they were handling and conducting themselves. Mm-hmm. And right. that's what you're seeing now. I'm not going to run to Democrats and be like, uh, yeah, I know you got 90% of the vote. You think you might want to give us like 20, 30%? Like, who the fuck thinks that that's going to work? That's <laughs> not going to work.
0: Right. Well, not that, but isn't that to insulting work? to the people who are voting? Because it's like, You have to instead of offering a a good alternative, you get to just get beg somebody to give it to you like, no, earn that
3: shit. You
1: know, (laughs) just just give it to me for, uh, you know, one, two election cycles. I'll give it right back. I promise you. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, who believes that that is a functioning way? Right to run an ideology, not a fucking party, but an ideology where Mm -hmm. you're saying you want to conserve something, you want to preserve something, you want to keep something. What the hell are you conserving? Mm -hmm. Um, And, And I think that that is the main question for a lot of people who label themselves as conservatives in this moment. What the hell are you conserving?
2: Well, one of the things that I've said before, and I, I stand by this comment, that um, the difference between conservatives and liberals is that conservatives want to keep basically the same absolute tyranny that they currently have, and liberals want to expand that tyranny to go even farther. And
1: see, see this is this is the reverse of that moment you and I had earlier. Let me peep you about what conservatives
0: mean. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You know
1: what I'm saying? Let me peep you about sure. what conservatives. Conservatism <clears throat> means. Um, I think you just you just explain republicanism.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. You just, right.
1: You just explain republicanism. Yep. And I would even understand how you could mix that with conservatism, mm-hmm. like the Barry Goldwater conservatism, like the that that ilk. Of, I, I get you, you can lump all that together. But what you can't lump with that is the Frederick Douglass conservatism. You can't lump the Booker T Washington conservatism. You can't Mm -hmm. lump in the Carter Woodson conservatism. You can't uh, put in the Malcolm X conservatism. None of that conservatism fits into that definition you Mm -hmm. just gave.
2: Right, or Mises or Hayek.
1: So so that's where (laughs) my conservatism comes from like yeah. those those places and those mm-hmm. uh those idea leaders not like i, I tell people all the time i never read a book about ronald reagan and changed my life and mm-hmm. you might feel that way mm-hmm. be my guest but i have never so don't assume that we got to conservatism the same pathway mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: and also don't assume that your pathway wasn't littered with indoctrination along the way. Because yeah, sure.
3: mm-hmm.
1: I think a lot of what is labeled conservatism these days stems from what was pushed as lost cause history. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have a lot of these people that are like, the Confederate flag is our history. Really? Mm-hmm. Who told you that? I yeah. like. I, I want to know. My grandpappy, your grandpappy, learned in school about lost cause. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to mm-hmm. jump on your grandpappy, but I am going to ask you: Are you continue? Are you going to continue to repeat stupidity, mm-hmm. or are you going to learn what actually happened? And that has to happen for all of us across every race, across every socioeconomic group, across Mm -hmm. every gender, across every sexuality, all of that. If we can look at American history in its totality, we can find this love. We can find this beauty. We can Mm -hmm. find Mm -hmm. this joy and we can find why it is worthy to be protected and defended. And, As long as we keep choosing the bastardized spectrums, whether it be 1776 or 1619, you know, whether it be Lost Cause or CRT, like we're not gonna find that place where we can look at America with her scars and still love her all the same. And I really hope that I wish that and pray that for us, that we can just get to that place where we can see her clearly and love her anyway.
0: Well, don't you think some of that is 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 part of the part of the setup is that that we there's a human nature tendency for for people to 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 look at you can see something that someone else is doing and you can say, oh, yeah, but you don't know this about your history and you need to go dig into this. And maybe if you knew more about this, but then people don't want to turn that mirror on themselves. And I actually, see—that's—that's
3: see, that's, that's
0: the I whole know, I, 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 That's of what, I, that's Sunday what Sunday. I've, I've witnessed you doing and everything. But it's—it's that, it's funny to watch. They'll try to tell you. Sunday they'll Sunday. try to tell you. Well, what you don't know about is this, and you're like, okay. Well, do you know about this? <laughs> and then it's like, and then the the brains melt.
4: Yeah. <laughs> but how, do you, it, how do you like?
1: I like it, that though. they at least try. You know yeah, what I'm saying? You know, yeah. So if you got if you got the balls to call in and try, I can respect that more than you taking your ball and going home. Like Mm -hmm. the cowards, I can do it out. The people that are actually willing to come to the battlefield of ideas and spar it out, I don't care if I disagree with you or even if I think you're stupid. Mm -hmm. I still garner you a level of respect above those that are so afraid of their own damn shadow they can't have the debate. You know, Mm -hmm. those that run three, four times, but I'm not keeping count. Go ahead, Mm -hmm. Nico.
4: I uh, was going to ask, how do you implement uh, like do you give them like the layman's terms or do you lay out like a very long spectrum to like f- have them follow a story because I am not subscribed. I am
1: So what? No, I uh, insult
4: to history. Like I insult. About the-
0: <laughs> I,
1: I insult, I, I, I insult.
0: I just tortures some
1: <laughs> What um, Frederick Douglass said. And like, I, I, I kind of left to this early. I didn't finish up on it, but what Frederick Douglass said, is we do not need convincing arguments. We need scorching irony. Mm. You need a mirror to see yourself.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a very it's a very fine rope to walk, and the only way that you can do it successfully is if you're honest about who you are. So that means you have to accept when you make mistakes. You have to be willing to bite your tongue when everybody else is talking about the bouncing ball but you don't have all the facts you have to learn to shut up um like it, it it it's it requires a level of a level of temperance and patience to be able to not go with everybody else and to actually stand on principle and wait for your principle to produce itself
3: mm-hmm. that
1: has become the biggest challenge you know what i'm saying cuz in every sexy story there's not a principle sometimes it's just identity politics stupidity and time waste. you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying so just because there is a sexy story in a news cycle doesn't mean you're going to find sunny talking about it Mm
3: -hmm. because
1: I, i if i can't find a principle in it if i can't find a policy in it if i can't find an idea in it then what the fuck is the point Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to let the other clowns play with that. The distraction when,
0: stories. Yeah.
1: But when something comes up where I'm like, OK, submit and obey. OK, law and order or like something that I'm mm-hmm. really serious about pushing policy ideologically wise. Then that's when you'll see me on Twitter in rapid succession giving it. Mm
3: hmm. Okay. Uh, uh,
4: last one. How about going about um, like homeless reform? Because I get absolutely pissed off like driving in Lakeshore Drive at five in the morning and driving past or underneath a bridge and just seeing whole communities. Granted, I will say some of the communities like homeless communities underneath the bridges are kind of better than others. There's people who come and give them haircuts for free and things of that nature. But that's not something that makes me happy in the slightest, like still seeing these people out on the streets and knowing that it's really easy to help other people by just influencing or even providing money where your mouth is and getting them back to society so that we can have an easier functioning society with more thought. Uh, how do you go about that and just in general? And,
1: and first, and I know people do not like to hear this, but some people like that circumstance. They like Mm -hmm. being off the Mm -hmm. grid. They don't Mm -hmm. want to be a part of our society, you know? Mm -hmm. And is that not their freedom? Mm
3: -hmm. And
1: so we're gonna have, we have to, it's a weird act that we, a a weird balancing act for us because while we can look at what we think is best for them, do they not get a vote themselves Mm -hmm. in what is best for them? And if that is the lifestyle that they chose, we have to separate that section from the rest that maybe have fallen on hard times. Because I think a lot of resources are put into in, into thinking that you can solve a problem. Not all the time can you solve a problem.
3: Mm-hmm. And I'll
1: take this as I'll take this as uh, uh, with the example of New York and what Rudy Giuliani did. So Rudy Giuliani, when he took over, a lot of the homeless population, if if you didn't know, he shipped them out of the fucking state. He put them on buses and just shipped them to other places to get them out of the fucking city. So one of the main places that they came was here in Virginia. And we got a big influx of, of people from New York coming down to Virginia. And when they got to Virginia they actually found opportunities. They actually mm. were able to branch out and actually start lives and actually start to get themselves together. So from my personal experience, I will say because I had to move out of Richmond to save myself. If I had stayed, I would have been a statistic. Like if I had stayed, like it, all of those things that we, we look at so negatively, that would have been my life. If I had stayed. So for people who find themselves in that position, if you have the ability, want, and will to move, you kind of have to, to save yourself. You have to kind of go somewhere mm-hmm. where there's opportunity. You can't wait for the politics to catch up with your situation. You have to be proactive and putting yourself somewhere where you can better your situation and if we're honest with ourselves right now these big inner cities are not capable of meeting that demand so for those people who can leave i would highly suggest going somewhere and actually trying to find an opportunity to pull yourself up once you get to that point you can come back home and try to fix the things that were wrong and i highly suggest that as well Uh, being forced to leave is one thing but once you get out and make something of yourself, making the choice to come back home is a very, very big part of how we go forward. So I plan on going home and for everybody who got out and made themselves a success, I hope part of your plan is also Mm -hmm. returning home. Mm -hmm. Um, But the secondary part to that is understanding again what they've done with taxation. How Mm -hmm. are have you made it to not only buy houses, but to create housing through taxation? So if you have high property taxes in an area, you're not going to get the kind of construction and growth that keeps up with the needs of the residents in your area as far as housing is concerned. But I think that that is done on purpose so they can say, hey, let's do a new green deal and we'll put housing in. So Mm -hmm. I I really think that that's not done by accident, that that is actually done on purpose. And again, with regulation, a lot of these inner city zoning commissions, they are specifically set up and designed to make sure that Politicians' friends get first placement as far right. as to who is placed in certain areas and why. How those areas are zoned, how those areas are taxed, how the school rating in those areas are presented, how the crime ratings in those areas are presented. There are so many facets of uh, of, of statistics that government is allowed to use to manipulate what can be built, how it can be built, and what kind of pricing can be used as a metric for those buildings. So if you remove a lot of that regulation, I think you would see a lot of of um, grassroots housing start to spark up mm-hmm. in terms of ownership, rentalship, and creation, building new houses from scratch. And then the third part, again, would be legislation. And, and that would go to understanding when when you don't make uh certain restrictions in certain places so those are the places that people flock to mm-hmm. and not understanding that you putting a law on the book and then choosing not to enforce that law is not compassion right. either get the fucking law off the book or actually enforce it but this middle ground where you're kind of leaving it open where it's legal and legit mm-hmm. until they don't want it to be legal and legit anymore. And then
0: it's on the books already. So they can just pretend like and it was then always they that come way.
1: In, so they, yeah. they let these people do it for six, seven months and then say, okay, now it's Bam. a problem and come in and mm-hmm. clean it up. Like right. that is not functioning legislation that actually puts people into long-term Positions to be able to actually change their situation or circumstance. But I think a lot in America, we're going to have to realize that because as society pushes forward at such a rapid pace, there is a segment of our population that's not going to want to participate with as fast as we are moving. And not only comes with technology, but also comes with the police state. It also comes with the legislative slate state. And it also comes with uh, the redefining of the role of culture and community. Mm -hmm. So as long as you're having that, like, for instance, when government comes in and says that grocery stores or food chains cannot give their food to homeless shelters because it doesn't meet dietary restrictions that they right. have set for you're robbing community of the chance of taking care of community.
0: Yep. Oh, they had, they had a case in, in Louisiana here. I think it was in new Orleans where you were talking earlier about hunting and, you know, bringing the deer home and everything. They had some hunters that they brought, I think it was like 1800 pounds of deer meat to a homeless shelter. The department of health came in, took all the meat, cut the packages open, threw them in a dumpster and poured bleach over all over everything. So to make sure that they couldn't use it.
1: But see, those are the stories we need to tell, because the (laughs) answer that they keep telling us is that only government can solve it. Mm -hmm. But you have people every everyday, regular American citizens that are looking for solutions to solve these problems. But as they come up with solutions to solve government comes in with restrictions as to why they can't. And this is why you have these movements now that are like, let's defund the police and bring in X, Y, and Z. Well, grandmas used to do that. Mm -hmm. Aunties and uncles Mm -hmm. used to Mm -hmm. do that. But you have criminalized and punished them out of their rightful spots of reverence in our communities. And now you want to turn that over to government because you can unionize it. Like you have robbed our communities of its elders and of that level of understanding and of respect and of knowledge of connection of history of understanding how we got here. You are robbing us of it and you're calling it compassion.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. This, yeah. It, it's uh it's, it's interesting. Cause I, like I'm trying to figure out for, for me, you know, the, the approach um, because it's really easy, you know, as a white dude, you know who's who lives in like the I mean it's I live in Baton Rouge, so I'm not like in the suburbs or anything like that, but it's still uh, it's um, trying to think of of like how best to approach some of the different organizations because there's some organizations in Baton Rouge that are like doing they're doing work that other people are like not doing, but they're also like this it, one of them's together, Baton Rouge, and it's like this Saul Alinsky, IAF you know, uh kind of downstream thing. And so like how do you work with that, but also try to kind of like redirect it? Or or do you? Do you do something else? What's
1: first and foremost, I would say talk to your white Republicans or whatever. Libertarians, okay. libertarians, whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, no, I, both. I still think you should <laughs> the white you, Republicans even
0: you, definitely. Even if you're yeah. a
1: libertarian, you should yeah. try to talk to your white Republicans. Yeah, for because sure, for sure. Because
2: there's more of them.
1: Like Mm -hmm. we, no, we, I don't need people to fight for me. Mm. What I need is you to stop giving me a separate enemy. Ah, I have an enemy. I have an enemy, all right? Mm -hmm. What I need you to do is to stop giving me another fucking enemy. Mm -hmm. So I can't look and fight Democrats because here come Republicans ready to put a knife in my back the minute that I do. So it it makes it like, I cannot turn my back on you for a hot second mm-hmm. or you're going to be on some Anglo-Saxon shit in like five minutes if you're not mm-hmm. properly watched. Like that is, not, that is not a situation that I want to walk into first and foremost because to us, to black people at least, vouching for someone means something. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like it yeah. actually, it has a weight to it. So sure. I am not going to go and be like, hey, come over here, join the Republicans. It's cool when I know when they get over here what the fuck they're going to run into. Mm-hmm. So for white conservatives, I tell them all the time, go to your local party. Go to your local. Go- don't, don't worry about convincing us. Mm-hmm. We have good black conservatives that will go in and convince us. We got the arguments. We got the fight. What we need it's to not have white Republicans and conservatives and libertarians, whatever, stabbing us in the back mm-hmm. when we go to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I, I don't need people to fight for me. I'm very capable of fighting myself to stop giving me another fucking enemy on my plate. Sure. And that would run. go a long way to being able to help people. And it also will go a long way to the black people that show up to help, mm-hmm. but get run off. If they have a, a white Republican, a white conservative, a, a white libertarian that's there and it's like, no, you're not going to run them off. You're going to listen and we're going to have this discussion. If mm-hmm. that is present and that conversation is pushed, you've done your job. Okay, like, right. we, we're not cowards. We're not weaklings. We're not victims. We don't need you to fight for us. Mm-hmm. But what we need is just, just make sure we're not getting stabbed in the back while we're doing it.
0: Understood, right. understood. But it's just I, I, you can understand how you like, can go it may, and make partnerships. Yeah,
1: go and make friendships. Go Alliance. and fellowship. Right, like do all those things. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to persuade you not to. Please do all those things. Yeah. Show them that nice white people exist. Please do that. <laughs> but right. if you're gonna ask me what I need most, right? Get, 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 get your cousin in there. Get them, yes, <laughs> tell yeah, them yeah. that they, they need to. <laughs> Put them you know,
0: in line. Understood. No, because I know. At, at I least
1: know. I have a debate. At least I have right. a conversation. Right. You know Make what i yeah. They might not take it from <sighs> me. You know, I don't know why, but they might not take <laughs> it from me. So at least if you're having a debate and you're pushing a conversation,
3: mm-hmm.
1: then it'll stop me from getting stabbed in my back. And I would appreciate that. I would love you for it, actually.
2: Right, okay, and that's okay. what this this is about. This is why we're reaching out to people like you. It's why we're having Magnus uh who's a boogaloo boy here in a little bit who's more left leaning um why we're having these kinds of conversations because mm-hmm. what you're talking about is building alliance. You know, we may have different fronts that we're fighting on, but we're fighting for the same, same basic thing. ideas,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, and we're fighting for it. exactly and each fight has to be different like it, it is a wide battlefield mm-hmm. so right. we're not all going to be fighting the same fight at the same moment but i hope you guys know that you'll have me fighting beside you For sure. and and as long as we can build those kind of relationships amongst ourselves then then we're we're gonna we're gonna do exceptional things which is why I felt insulted when I wasn't initially invited to come on the show. I was like, okay, so they're building all these damn partnerships, but they don't want a partnership with Sonny. We did. Okay, what the fuck is up with this? Yeah. I, I asked some questions. Some hard feelings,
3: I'm sorry. man.
0: I'm sorry, Sonny. Look, that 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 video that I sent that that video, I mean that that was real. That was from the heart. That was from the heart. Oh,
3: I loved you. I that loved was from the heart. You. I like that's how I felt. I was like, I was like, I've been I've been watching you, baby, for a long time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, but now it was like for real. Like I, I so it, there were a couple of things going on from from my side of the of that of that. Uh, of that Whole, uh, I don't know, I guess misunderstanding Nico, you was to
1: be the only black face <laughs> wanted. You ain't want me, on it's all
2: Nico's man. fault.
0: No, it was, I don't, I can't, I can't oh, even throw Nico under the I bus. Don't invite this, nobody on this.
4: This, was this was all them, that's all their scheduling. So, that's just you Nico, yet. I been, Nico, you're, about,
1: you're supposed I to join in the joke, man. You're supposed <laughs> right, right. to insult me back. Let's do the banter
3: thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but uh, like I was, I felt. I, uh, a little I've bit into, it. and it's oh, funny. It's cool. funny that you, because I, when I was going through, I was pulling clips to to pr, to promote it, and I you've seen some of them, you know, the last few days on on Twitter and everything. And one of the ones that I found, I don't know how long ago this was, maybe a couple of years or so. But you're giving a um a, a talk to, I think it was the Young Americans Foundation or something like that. And it's you know a bunch of you know young, mostly white oh, yeah. kids and everything. That uh, but but you were talking about how people will say like. Oh yeah, I saw you a couple of years ago at CPAC, but I you know, I was too scared to come talk to you or whatever and everything. And so I, I kind of felt that a little bit. Like I was like, I was like, damn man, did I fall victim to that? Did I like get intimidated and not and not reach out because I was like trying to build I was trying to work our way up to where we were. We were worthy of. Um, I, we had like all these other boss fights that we had to get through before we got to uh, before we got to be be worthy of, of <laughs> inviting Sonny on and uh, and so when when you
1: I wish other ones would think about that twice <laughs> before they fuck with me. I think I think I, I wish a couple <laughs> others would think about that twice before they fuck with me. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, but so what's funny about it is. When when we had Saul and Corey on, I was talking to them. I was like, I was like, man, how did y'all get Sonny Johnson to come on your show? He's like, she's like, well, the funny thing is, one day we're just sitting there, and she she said something. She just put it on Twitter, like. I'm I'm kind of upset. I hadn't been invited on the Brown Paper Bag podcast yet, and I was like, "No shit, really?" That's what happened. And so then, when you did it to us, I was like, "I was like, oh my god, we have arrived. This is it. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> We're, in there. We're in
1: there. Yes." We're- Y'all, think don't do <clears throat> not misconstrue. Do Mm-mm. not misconstrue popularity for what's real. Mm. I will always come to what's real. I don't give a fuck if you got seven people watching.
3: Mm.
1: I will come to what is real because this is where I'm comfortable for one thing, Mm. but more importantly, this is where the real conversations and solutions are going to come from. It's Mm. not going to come from the puff. It's not, I'm going to do that shit because I'm good at that too. But. That's not where that's not where the change is going to come. That's not mm-hmm. where the understanding is going to come. That's not where the allies are going to come. That's not where the fellowship is going to come. That's going to come from the people that are on the ground doing the work. So if you are going to bring honest and open conversations, if you're going to make sure that Livy is coming through and Leisha, mm-hmm. Felicia is coming through, and like mm-hmm. if you're going to do that, then Sunny's going to show up um because i want this spotlight to shine on all of them
3: mm-hmm, as yeah. much
1: as i want this spotlight to shine on y'all because mm. like for we will leave you out of this one nico um <laughs> hey. no no he'll understand in a minute um i get labeled a lot to be mm. a, a white supremacist i mean a white supremacist a black supremacist mm. or a black nationalist, or back black segregationist, mm. and Basically thrown into the field like I hate white people. Yo, I do not give a fuck about race in the least. Like, not even a little bit. Um, all I want is people that I want that are willing to have honest conversations. You don't have to agree with me. I'm big girl, I can fight my battles, I believe what I believe, and I got the references and historical context to back them up. So I don't give a damn about your race. I just wish a lot more white republicans and conservatives could feel that way mm-hmm. and not just walk around claiming to be colorblind
3: mm-hmm. but
1: actually show that content of character means something and yeah. they say it with very very empty commitment mm-hmm. to that idea and when you meet people that are willing to look at your ideas and look at what you have to offer and look at your conversation and judge you on that, then those are the people you covet and hold close. So now y'all my babies and that's, and Nico, Mm. you too. But I had to talk to, I had to talk to the white people. (laughs)
0: Well, well, I want to say too, like, so you talked about this at the very beginning and it kind of brings it back kind of full circle about how you have the, this prototype in the, in the Republican uh, movement, the Republican party. And it it seems often like it's almost like the Highlander, like there's, there can only be one, you know, and like like right now it's Candace Owens. And there's like, you can't have like, there's a gatekeeper Mm -hmm. sort of mentality to that where everybody else has to kind of get down and, and, and kneel in, in submission and, and in reverence to that. Okay. Now what you do is you kind
3: of, this you is, kind
0: of you kind of ele- you you just said it you want to elevate Olivia no, no, no. and Felicia this is, and
1: this is the patron that's gonna get me in trouble. Uh oh.
3: Um,
1: <laughs> as a black person, you have to have a white person. Yeah.
3: Mm.
1: Point mm. blank. Period. Yeah. And, and yeah. it is no. <laughs> it mm-hmm. is no. Lying about that. And yeah. I had to come to that realization myself because you honestly believe you're doing what you believe in. You honestly believe is based on print. You honestly believe that a hundred percent. And then you realize, wait a minute, no, it was my white person Mm
3: -hmm.
1: and my white person was Steve Bannon. Mm -hmm. So you know what I'm saying? I got introduced and provided a lot of opportunities because He was my white person. Mm. And if people don't know, like Bannon wouldn't be like, okay, Sonny, I want you to go on stage and I want you to say this, that, or the other. No, it would be five minutes. It would be five minutes before I was supposed to go on stage. And Bannon would be like, oh no, it'd be five minutes before Bannon was supposed to go on stage. Mm. And Bannon would be like, I have 20 minutes. I only want to speak for three, so I'm going to let you have the other 17. And like, literally that's how it freaking happened. So it wasn't like, I'm going to tell you what to say, or you should say this, or going this way. It would be like literally three fucking minutes before it was time to speak, and he'd be like, oh, you're going. And and one of the best examples of this was Andrew Breitbart's funeral. So when Andrew died, they had multiple funerals for him. And one of them they had on the East Coast here at the museum in Washington D.C. So, Abandon was like, "I want you to come to the funeral." And I was like, "Okay." I, Andrew had done a lot for me in terms of lifting up my, my voice and, and kind of helping me spread it. So I was very, you know, honored to be able to go to his funeral. So mm-hmm. I get there and I tell the lady my name. You know, you got to give them your ID and everything. So right. I tell the lady my name. I give her my ID, and she goes. Okay, go down and tell the security guard that you're with the speakers and she'll tell you where to sit. I'm that with, the
3: who, now. I'm with <laughs> the who
1: now, you're with the speakers. So go wow. and tell the security guard that you're with the speakers. Can, can you hand me that, can I see that, list? can I see that list for a second? Cause I can, no one asked me to speak. I was just invited to talk. So I look at the list. And I lie to you not, it's senator, congressman, CEO, spokesman, wow. like all down the fucking list. And the last name on the list was Sonny Johnson.
3: Mm.
1: And I'm sitting there like, you motherfucker.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, like seriously, like I was not like in a mood in a prepared at all. So I'm getting there and I'm like, all right, let me, the fuck am I going to say? And I'm like trying to (laughs) jot down things while other people are talking. (laughs) And I get up and I do my thing and I come off and Bannon was like, and that's why you're a star. Mm. You don't, you don't need to be prepared. You don't need that. You know, instinctively what needs to be said. Now you got to trust that. And then he fucking walks away. And I'm like, you motherfucker, like like it is <laughs> hilarious. So Bannon never treated our relationship like he was my white person because mm. it was always based on me. Like you can never go back and look at something I did that I regret saying or didn't shape the way. No, everything was me. Mm. But if it wasn't for him, I would not have gotten to the spots that I got into. And that is real and true. And you have to have a white person. So mm. that is the way it is kind of designed at the moment. And I really, really hope to break that.
3: Yeah, so no I'm,
2: shit. So no, I'm no curious, person. Chad, do we have a Jew? Because, <laughs> because for white people, because I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> I want some of that shit too. And I was like, well, Adam gave us that.
0: Yeah, Adam was yeah, our yeah. Jew. For white
2: yeah,
3: people we have Jews, <laughs> black people, and I guess it depends. On, it
0: depends Jews on where you're going too. People. Like so, sometimes, that's, and that's why I was asking about the uh, <laughs> the stuff because some sometimes you go into these, you go into certain situations, and it's like, all right, like I'm the only white guy here. Because I, I do that a lot with like the the basketball league that I coach with my boys and everything. Like we're the only white people in the gym and uh, on a lot of days. And like I I understand and I respect like where I am and and that and I don't. Uh, but it's it's uh once you kind of build your to to where like you get that respect from people i don't know i guess i have i have some black people who, who like they kind of they they kind of touch me on the shoulder and give me the anointing or whatever they're like it's okay he's cool you you, you know he's cool um, yeah
1: well when i start <laughs> when i start cussing at it and and making fun of you like a brother or sister you you cool with me you know what okay. i'm saying nice. you cool with me i don't want like I don't want to play that identity politics. I don't want the separation between us. I I don't want that. But it cannot come at the cost Mm -hmm. of me ignoring my community. It cannot come at the cost of me ignoring my culture or or my faith (laughs) or my history. Like, that is too much of a price to pay. But if you're going to give me love and if you're going to give me alliance And if you're going to give me that voluntary interaction, give a fuck what color you are, I'm going to
3: take Mm -hmm. it. And I'm going to
1: love you back with the intensity of the love that you've given me. And and I will make sure that I am a person that is worthy of it. You know what I'm saying? And I will hold myself to that account and to that standard. But like mm-hmm. I said, I'm not gonna do it at the expense of the black community. I'm not gonna do it at the expense of talking about black ownership or black act, no, black I,
0: entrepreneurship. That's what I love about you is that when you went and talked, when you had that opportunity to go, because I remember when you said you're like pray for me on Twitter, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm praying for. But Sonny <laughs> said she needs us to pray for. Her. I'm praying for Sonny because I don't know what's going on, but um, it's gotta be heavy. And then I saw later on that day, I was like, Oh shit, she was sitting there talking and you, you, you gave it to him. You know you didn't hold back and I and I love that because it was it was a it was an opportunity to you know potentially you know play it soft and you know have a nice you know uh cordial you know
3: <laughs>
0: conversation and you were just like no some shit needs to be said, and this is the uh, forum to say it. So I here we go. I always
1: assume uh-uh. that I'm one second away from getting blackballed again. So it's like, <laughs> might as well get well, your shots why off. Why the fuck hold it back? You know right. what I'm saying? I might if I'm going to get blackballed. Let's be a let hun- Let's be sunny on a thousand when we do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck is the purpose of getting blackballed? And you was only fifteen percent. Nah, I want to be a thousand percent and yeah. get blackballed.
0: Go out and, like my blue the roof
1: <laughs> At least then I know that whoever comes after me, their feet are gonna feel that fire, that scorch that I left.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: it it won't be forgotten because you want it to be. And right. I, th- I think we're starting to to see that now, you know, mm-hmm. as as people realize that us uppity blacks got something to say. And it's not based on racism and white supremacy and 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 all of that nonsense. it's based on basic conservative principles and we're willing to stand up and fight for them. So I think that the more that message spreads and becomes the dominant message um especially coming from us and mm-hmm. and we can come on and we can laugh and we can joke and everything is so serious and we aren't you know hating on each other and ripping down other people. we're talking about our ideas and what we believe in. Do y'all know what kind of magic this is? And how like in five years ago, this didn't exist. And to look at a lot of people say it, it must be hard. No, it was hard five years ago. Mm. This is some easy shit. Like this, mm-hmm. this is the good part. I'm getting to the, mm-hmm. to, the to the cherry on the top. Um, it, it was much harder five years ago. But having these spaces open now where we can just come in and, and actually have conversations about ideas not ragging on people and actually talking about where we want to go not pointing fingers about where we've been like those things those things are instrumental and those things mean everything to people like me who want this to be the norm Mm
0: this to be
1: regular where i'm not justifying and i'm not going back and trying to clarify you know what I mean, or prove I'm not a white uh, black supremacist, or I prove that I don't hate black white people, or some shit. Like I don't want to. I don't want to fucking do that. But I'm also mm-hmm. not going to pretend that I'm colorblind. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. You know
1: what I'm saying? Like there has to be some medium where fucking adults can be adults and have logical conversations. <laughs>
0: right. amen. Just tell the they, truth. And the
1: truth. And and. and, and 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 even more so trust your fellow American citizens to take that journey with you.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So you're not gonna get the spectrums, you know. You know, you're not gonna get the far, far right, you're not gonna get the far, far left. But can you trust that there is enough sanity left in America in the middle mm. that we can get that? And I really believe that there is, you know what I'm saying, and if we can Make these conversations the norm, we can actually get to that point. And mm-hmm. uh, I am so thankful and grateful for you guys for having this platform to do that yeah. and for having me on to be a part of it,
0: yeah, for sure. Appreciate and it's 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 a chance to break free from like the more com- these kinds of conversations are offered, the more it offers an alternative to the obvious, like partisan, like weird shit that like seems like it's all like theater, like it's w w e. You know, where you get like the, just these people talking boxes, screaming at each other about and they're they're both missing the point and, and nobody's happy at the end of it
3: <laughs> where right. we can
0: actually like solve some shit, you know. So yep. I'm going to go I'm going to put to work what you uh, would you would you recommend it? Because that's uh that's good. Sure. I needed actionable shit to work on and I'm going to work on it
2: and and one of the things i want to before we wrap up because it is almost 2 hours um <laughs> but one of the things that that i want to say is we, uh, the name of this show is the evolution of the revolution and if we're truly evolving if that's really happening we're going to be doing it with other people with different ideas because evolution doesn't happen from a, from one place. It isn't because one, you know, bat happened to have bigger ears and the other one, you know, it it came from different people or different individuals working together on a similar problem. And that's why, and, and what I found out in this conversation, frankly, is you're an anarch. At the end of the day, an anarch means someone who is let him, self-owned. Let him break
0: it down. Yeah, let him break right. it down.
1: You got you a are, monarch,
0: you got oligarchs, and then you have anarchs who like own, own and rule themselves.
1: themselves. Right now, I'm having tequila with no ice. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. And so, what that means is breaking all you, the rules. There you go. No. <laughs> if you're an anarch already, already self-owned, whatever mm-hmm. titles that you push on yourself, whether it's conservative, libertarian, Republican, anarchist, whatever it is, whatever that title is, if you are self-owned, if you own yourself and you're willing to stand up for those ideas, you are my ally and I will be proud to stand next to you Mm -hmm. and fight.
1: I like that. At least you don't want me to fight for you. I hate pushing that want me to fight for you.
0: no. I just wanna, I just wanna be able to, to be there. To, you know, it, we, I'll have your six. You know, like I, yeah, and I that, got yours. I'm, yeah, like, that's, I'm
1: that's, like, yo, I'm, yeah. I'm a damn good person to have as an ally. Why would you want me as an enemy? <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Like, I don't even <laughs> understand. True,
1: <laughs> like, you can literally choose to have me as ally right. or enemy, and you choose enemy. Like, that's... Mm, i don't get it That's i, I really I mean. don't get it right you should have you should definitely not specifically y'all i'm just talking in general mm. you should definitely want people like me as an ally as opposed to being an enemy and like Mm -hmm. coming and crying to me about the fact that I constantly rip you is not going to stop me from ripping
3: you for sure you know the
1: only thing that's going to stop me from ripping you is is when you become an ally yeah when you you, yeah then then you can Mm
3: -hmm. get
1: off the hook and and we can go into more productive conversations but I'm really not into selling my soul and like I said I sleep at night (laughs) So yeah. I'm going to make that my standard. And the very first night I do anything that keeps me up and mm-hmm. won't allow me to close my eyes, you'll hear about it because mm-hmm. I'll be confessing it and making sure I turn back from it because <laughs> nothing is going to keep me from sleeping well at night and doing what I know to be right and what I believe. true. True. Yes, For
3: indeed. sure. Yes, well,
2: thanks again. Is there anything you want to plug here at the end?
1: No, I don't do self-promotion, but you can find <laughs> me. We'll promote the shit out of <like> you. Saturday, <laughs>
3: SiriusXM,
1: Patriot, 125, 1 p.m. You can find Sonny's Corner and Sonny's Corner, Uh, Sonny Johnson, S-O-N-N-I-E is the thing. thing. Yeah. Uh, I got to make sure I spell it because people like to put the Y and be dicks. Right, um. Right. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter. And you know, there's always a public dragging in that <laughs> arena,
3: so <laughs> come, and watch. Uh, come, come and
1: enjoy watch. the fun. Right, uh, exactly. It, 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 you can uh. disagree, but be respectful. Mm-hmm. I don't deal with disrespect, and I will block the fuck out of you, so be respectful. <laughs>
2: nice. All right,
1: everybody. All right.
0: Well, thank you, everybody f- who, who's who's here, who, who tuned in for this, and and all the people who are going to watch the replay and everything. We want to remind everybody to like, to share, and subscribe. I forgot to say all that stuff at the beginning. Hopefully, you're you're still here and you're still uh, you can still <laughs> like and share <laughs> two two <laughs> shares to speed the spread. Um, subscribe to our Patreon. Don't forget about that. Become a patron and uh, join the Anarch Chat. We have we have uh, that that great conversation on Telegram uh, at the five dollar level, and then also. We got the uh, the Teespring store where Marcus has all of his uh, really good shirts. I didn't wear a, a, a one of our shirts. I wore this one because I thought this was the perfect uh, the perfect shirt to wear for this because it's yeah, all about helping your want, local want, neighborhood, your the local hood community. Again.
1: We want to make the hood great again, but we want to also realize the progressives created the hood. So if we can yeah. destroy that idea, it'd be great <laughs> as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I just met like the the neighborhood, like make your, make your neighborhood, make your little local community uh, great again. So, but a uh, shout out to Maj Touré for the, for the shirt too. Yeah,
1: but, government um, removed a neighbor, so now it's just the hood. That's right. So no, you're right. You're right. We, 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 right. we want to put the neighbor back in the hood. You there know you know go. What I'm that's and, a good one. Yeah. In order to sure. do that, we need to get government out.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. No, hey, uh, no, that was beautiful. That's that was that was awesome. Uh, they they, they t- sure. took the neighbor out of the hood, and that's exactly where we are. People go in, they drive into their garage, close the door behind them, don't even talk to their neighbors. True. We got to get back to talking to our neighbors, learn how to depend on each other, and and help each other when uh, when when shit goes sideways. So you don't have and to call the police and all that other stuff. Then right?
3: You don't have to
1: exactly. government to do it.
0: That's right. Exactly. That's right. So Marcus, you want to remove our banner and we will uh, we will sign off. Thank you again so much, Sonny. And oh, by the way, since, since you told that beautiful story about uh, about your daughter and everything, I just want to wish you Sunday is Mother's Day. I want to wish you a very happy, happy Mother's Day, mother's Day. And to all the mothers yeah. out there Thank as you well. So
3: much.
1: And, uh, and actually, be celebrating my um, anniversary with my husband. So we've been oh, together for awesome. we we've, we've been together for twenty-one years, but we've been married for like eight, eight. Okay. And
0: um, I wasn't
1: I wasn't really big on the idea of marriage, but he was very, very insistent upon Mm. it and and kind of put his foot down and said, no, woman, you're going to be my wife. And I was like, (laughs) "Okay, let's do this. And like ever since making that decision, I've realized that marriage is a lot more than just the Mm. paper that you sign on. It's when you really understand that you are in love with your best friend, mm. and they know your flaws and love you anyway. Yeah. That they see your imperfections and still see you as perfect, and and mm. then choose to love you through all of that. I could not ask for a better husband, and mm. I'm gonna. He's gonna wash his back. Because he always does, <laughs> so I just want him to know, you know, Michael, yeah. love you to death, and I'm so awesome. glad you're my best friend and partner. So that's, that's awesome. it. I will use our yeah. show. I won't self <laughs> yeah. promote, but I will promote husband. my husband. I because- got
0: you. I got you. Amen. <laughs> well, I'm gonna do a self promotion. We got Felicia Killings coming on in a week, so uh, everybody tune in for that May 12th.
1: Unicorn we, power. We're, we're
0: gonna have yeah, we were gonna have uh, we're gonna have her on uh, same time, same channel. You know the deal. So with that, Marcus. Stay free,
2: my friends. Peace.